You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. going to cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to at theleap.substack.com. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And this show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Go subscribe on YouTube. We are live streaming on YouTube every Friday and every show gets up in the morning, first thing in the morning, 6 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Central. This show is up on YouTube. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a coworker, let them know Locked on Packers is on YouTube. It is Wednesday, which means Lily Zhao from Fox 6 is here for another edition of Zhao You Doing, everyone's favorite bit. Lily and I will talk, of course, about what happened in week one, what to look for in week two. Some of the players who might be able to spark a little bit of an uptick in production, hopefully a lot of a bit, not a little bit, a lot. They need a lot on both sides of the ball. And I want to start offensively because there are a couple things here that that I wouldn't say are concerning, but that I'm thinking about as I'm trying to look at, okay, where can this team get a little bit better. And and when you look at the way that they played offense, when the game was within two scores, so this is before, you know, it's 24-3, before Rodgers is, you know, checked out a little bit, you know, after the game is over. I mean, he said after, after the pick, the game was basically over. You know, after, I would say, certainly after they go, they go up 24-3, Game is game is pretty much over at that point. The Packers never really threaten again. The closest they come is getting the interception when the Saints had already driven the ball all the way down the field. But so when the game was within two scores, Green Bay played in 11 personnel, three receivers on 64% of snaps. Under those same circumstances last year, Green Bay played three receivers, 54% percent of snaps. Now that's a little in a one game sample that is just a little bit of an uptick, right? It's not a huge uptick, but it is certainly more than we thought we would see and one of the reasons presumably is because they wanted to attack the opposing corners for the Saints other than Marshawn Lattimore. They had the rookie Paul Sinadibo who acquitted himself nicely and then a bunch of guys a bunch of guys you've probably never heard of. And as Aaron Rodgers said, they played a lot of too high, a lot of man underneath. They played um, some quarters. They played some, some variations on quarters, some things that, frankly, you will see the Packers do at various points in the season. And I just don't think that is where the Packers are best suited to play. When you go back and you look at the last few years under Matt LaFleur, the dropback game has just not been where they have succeeded. It is uh, partially because the receiving talent on an individual basis is not as elite as it used to be. You have Devontae Adams, who's an outstanding player, and then you have a group of guys who are very good at playing particular and specific roles. 
And that goes for Marquez Valdez-Scantling, one of the best deep threats in the game. Al Mazard, who is a versatile blocker who can play a little bit as the, you know, that sort of reduced down almost H-back type. who can play on the boundary in breaking routes, play action shot plays. He can give you a lot in, in his area. He's a very good player for what he's being asked to do. And then you have Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers, who we just didn't see very much. And I thought we would see more. If you're going to have a bunch of three receiver sets, I would think that at least in some of those, you'd get Randall Cobb, the guy that they traded for, or Amari Rogers, the guy that they moved up in the draft to get. We didn't really see that. And the drop back game under Matt LaFleur with Aaron Rodgers has just not been great. Um, with the exception, really, of that game in, the, in 2019 on Thursday night against the Eagles, which they lost, by the way, when they had to go straight drop back game, when they haven't been able to play on schedule the way that they want to play, this offense has struggled. And I, I do think it is because they don't have more than Devontae Adams that they feel comfortable really attacking from a feature standpoint. Now, I don't think that that's because they can't do it. We saw them when Devontae Adams went out. Aaron Jones became a focal part of the passing game. He was the reason. Aaron Jones, as a pass catcher, was one of the reasons why they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in a game that was a shootout, in a game that was a back-and-forth affair where they had to keep scoring to win. And although they had a lead for a lot of that game and it was a favorable game script for them, they still had to utilize those matchups. Now, that was the beauty of what 2020 was. They scored on their first possession like every week. And in the games that they didn't, even against the, the Bucs, by the way, they scored on their first possession. Uh, but they they were not able to stay in, in a favorable game script. I got a, I got a text from someone, uh, you know, around the league who said that your, your defense is only as good as your offense allows it to be. And... The, the Packers, they did not do their defenses any favors. Yeah, they only had 12 plays before the two-minute, but that's because in two drives, they only had 12 plays. Do you know how you have more than 12 plays? You convert third downs. You turn first downs into second and shorts. You turn second and shorts into first and tens. You turn second and mediums into third and shorts or first and tens, and you convert third and whatever into first downs, into scoring plays. Green Bay wasn't able to do it even early on. And I felt like the plan was just too far afield from what we'd seen last year work so well. Now, they did a lot of 12, a lot of two tight end stuff. And, and they have, you know, Josiah DeGuara and, and Big Bob Tunyon and Dominique Daphne, who I did not think played well at all in this game. He he did not give them the blocking you need from someone who's going to be primarily a blocker and then a, a sort of, I don't want to say distraction player, but a gadget tight end. You can go heavy personnel, 13 personnel, play action, and, and think that you can sneak him out. But other than that, you need him to be a, a, an ass kicker as a blocker for him to be out there, and he just wasn't in this game. And, and the Saints played more physical on both sides of the line of scrimmage. That's something that, that the Packers are going to need to rectify in a hurry if they want to beat any of the teams on their schedule coming up. This was a game that was out of their identity. And I, I, I've just been wondering what the counters are because the drop back game has not been, when they've needed it, have, has not been good enough. Uh, when they need to come back in these games, rarely has it been enough. And you think of some of the comebacks against the Lions, probably shouldn't have needed to come back in that game. That Lions team was not very good. They had to come back twice against the Lions in 2019, including against David Blau. 
they came out flat and needed to come back. They were able to create some big plays. Aaron Rodgers, that game week 17 against the Lions, still one of the, you know, I know the numbers will say he was better, um, you know, than, than the game that, that we saw on Sunday, but at least in the first half, as bad as I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers play in terms of ball placement and decision-making accuracy, especially though, I've, I've never seen Aaron Rodgers in a, in a half play worse putting the ball where he wants it to guys who were, who were open. Um, that was not exactly the case on Sunday, but there were opportunities. The, the all 22, which, you know, the, the NFL is being very guarded with. I was able to get access to bits and pieces of it, but from what I saw, there were more opportunities out there than the Packers showed. Rogers played a little um, behind in terms of rhythm and tempo. We talked about that after the game. Is is part of that because he wanted to to take the shots and 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 create the big plays? Maybe, but there were times when when even those plays he was late to. There was a play early in the in the game when he had Devontae Adams on a crossing route, didn't fire it, and then was late to get to Aaron Jones. Either of whom, if he throws it on time, gets the first down. So I think some of that stuff will just be ironed out. But they need to get back to playing the way philosophically that they play. And I thought Andy Herman made a great point yesterday. Um, maybe they need to start. if we, When they win the coin toss, we want the ball. We want the ball because we're going to score. That's got to be the mentality. You want to start fast. So none of this deferral stuff, you know, the analytics are are shaky at best on this. You know, it, it, it is it, there is a tenuous case to be deferring, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers, and especially when we see... How these games go when they don't start fast. They just don't respond well enough to these moments, unfortunately. And they they I, I can't think of, of an instance where they did it against a really good team. I mean, what was the what was the game against the really good team where where they start slow and they're down and, and they come roaring back to win? It's just not something that happens, and it hasn't really happened in the Matt LaFleur era. Here's one way that I think that they could jumpstart the offense a little bit. They have been among the lowest in the league in use of tempo and no huddle. They have been over the last two years, bottom five in terms of plays run and time in and out of the huddle. They have been great in time of possession because they have, you know, even when they score quickly, they could have a five play drive that still takes three and a half minutes because they're in and out of the huddle so slowly, Rodgers is taking every second on the play clock. And, and by the way, I don't think that's a big deal. I don't think that's a problem. The, the running it down to zero doesn't bother me at all. Never has and, and never will, really. Um, he's, he's doing that to try and get all the information he can. And because, by the way, the defense knows he has to snap it so he can get them on those hard counts late in the play clock when they're thinking, well, he's got to snap it. And, and he's able to get them to jump. But we've been we've been asking this for two years, going back to 2019 when the offense was stagnant. We're going, where's the tempo? And the 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 word we heard from Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur was maybe not everyone's up to speed on the offense. Well, this is year three. This is year three in the offense. That can't be an excuse. MVS, Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams, Big Bob Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, they all know the offense. Now you've got some rookies, but it's a lot easier in, in you know, a hurry-up situation to get up there to, to make your protection calls because you're forcing the defense to play a little bit more vanilla. You don't allow them 
to disguise. I was waiting for them to do that against Tampa. I, I was waiting for them to do it against the 49ers twice. And they just haven't shown a willingness to do it. And what's so weird is last year, they killed teams at the end of halves. They killed teams at the end of halves when they go to the hurry up. And the best drive that they had on Sunday was the hurry up drive. Now it took an incredible throw and catch from Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams, but get what? Guess what? They can do that. That's Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. They can create those opportunities. So in a way, I'm talking a little bit out of both sides of my mouth because I want them to play their game, but I don't want them to hunt mismatches. I don't want that to be the plan. If you're going to go regular cadence, regular tempo, then run the offense because this Packers team with the same group of receivers, number one in open receiver percentage last year via next-gen stats, number one in wide open receiver percentage via next-gen stats. This offense gets guys open irrespective of who's playing defense. They don't need to hunt matchups. They just don't need to do it. They have the favorable matchup with Devontae Adams in single coverage every single time, and then the offense can get you guys open. We've seen it. We know it. They've proven it. So I so from that standpoint, just keep doing that. Don't get out of identity from that standpoint. Now, if your offense needs a little bit of a jolt, first two possessions, things aren't going well, and it's not the two-minute, then you have an opportunity to say, okay, we're going to change the, the tempo here a little bit. Rogers is, and, and then Rodgers is calling plays. He's getting everyone set. He's getting everyone in, in the right calls. He's reading the defenses pre-snap, and he's in full control going, okay, this is how we're going to do this. You've got the defense on its heels, and now you're dictating terms. I think as a as a uh, change of pace, not, not as a base, you know, they don't have to be Chip Kelly, but as a change of pace, this can be something that can be a little jolt in the arm for this offense, and we've been saying that for, for two-plus years now. We're going to get to Lily before we do. Let's talk about betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams get to another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one place for all your pro and college football action this season with new updated sites and interfaces, more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 100% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On from football to boxing to golf to basketball, all the footballs. Baseball right there, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and use the promo code locked on to get that 100% welcome bonus. Joining me now from Fox 6 in Milwaukee and hopefully shaking off the effects of what was a, a brutal a shocking and embarrassing Sunday to be a Packer, to follow the Packers, to cheer for the Packers. So this that makes this question all the more important, Lily Zhao. Zhao, how you doing? Peter, I am uh, I'm doing great. I, I think a lot of people just need to like relax after week one. Uh, we'll digest it. We'll talk about it. But um, I'm doing good. Zhao, how you doing? I I'm I'm good. 
today is a, is a good day. It's another day and we are all here. And, and that means another opportunity for us to talk about the Packers. Um, I was going to go full Zen Aaron Rodgers on that. Like Ooh. I was going to go full alchemist on that one, but we're, we're let's, let's leave that. Let's leave that aside for now. Uh, I, I, I asked this of, of Andy Herman yesterday, but, uh, you're not Andy. For a second, you were the graphics package did not quite ID you correctly, but we fixed it. We fixed it. Um, when you're watching it, just like, let's say at halftime, what are you, what are you thinking? I think a lot of people like me, I was just kind of like, I, I was shocked because we had talked about, you know, how good this team could be, you know, all off season long, you know, Aaron Rodgers drama was standing. But to see them come out so flat in a season opener where, you know, you're like, the, the fans are going to travel well. It's the start of a new year. This is a team that wants to win a Super Bowl. They're out to prove something. It's the last dance. To see them just kind of fall flat in the first half was just kind of like, you guys realize there's a game today, right? Like, <laughs> let's get things going. And, but, you know, I, you know, I thought, you know, 17 to 3 at the half, it's doable. You know, you, you, you got three points right before the half. You start the second half with possession, score a touchdown, new ball game. I think once Rodgers threw that pick in my head, I'm like, it's just going to be one of those games. It's just going to be one of those games where nothing goes right. And even that Jordan Love drive, you know, we're like, oh, we're going to put some points on the board and he fumbles. So I'm like, eh, it's just fitting. One of those games. It, it was just one of those games. And Aaron Rodgers, he said that to Pat McAfee on Tuesday. You know, if you play along, if you play long enough, you're going to have those days. Um, they had a day like that last year as well uh, against the Bucs and played them much, much closer uh, in, in the NFC Championship game, of course, many people have pointed out that the Bucks had one of those days, the exact same score to the Saints even last year. But this is this is not that. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen here. It is certainly not uh, causation. We know that for sure. I, I do wonder though. At, at at some point, did you make the connection of like? okay, maybe some of the stuff of the off season was, was seeping in here. Like whether or not you ultimately landed on that mattered or didn't, did your brain go there at some point? Like, mm, I don't know. I would say a tiny bit, but I wouldn't say it was overwhelming for me that the drama or all of that stuff got to them week one. I think it was just the hype. I think it was just the fact that like, you know, you have a reigning MVP coming back. You're bringing back essentially the same offense that was just lighting up defenses last year. It's just they're, you're like, oh, this is a team that's just going to go out and steamroll everybody. I think that really got to their heads. Is and we're we just we can just walk in, Saints will just roll over. We're going to get the win, and that obviously was not the case. The Saints came out so hungry, and they got the win. Jameis Winston looked really good. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, Aaron Rodgers talked about it. We got humbled and brought back down to earth. Now it's back to work, and it's about how this team responds. I think obviously, if this continues, whether it's week two, three, four, five then it's cause for concern because you're thinking, wow, this team really can't get back to that point. But, you know, maybe it just was a lackadaisical start of the season and, and hopefully we see a better product Monday night. What do you, what do you think for the Packers? I mean, this is, this is a, a number of games in the Matt LaFleur era. This was a problem going back that 2018 season. One of the reasons Mike McCarthy got fired is because they came out flat a bunch in these games. I mean, what is the explanation here? It doesn't make sense to me. Do you have a theory? Do you have a take? Because this is it, it's it's kind of mind boggling that you'd come out this flat for the season opener. Yeah, that's a great question because you're thinking the start of the season with fans, albeit a neutral field, right? You still have right. a lot of 
circumstance there. It's why not kick off the year on a really good note? They did that last year in Minnesota with not a lot of preseason reps. They came out firing, put up 40 plus on the, on the scoreboard. But I just think it was just the fact that like, you know, thinking, oh, we're, we're going to be good no matter what. Mm. Just the complacency kind of setting because there's really no other expectation or you know explanation for that other than they right. just didn't come ready to play. I mean, they were dominated up front on both sides of the football and not one phase of the game. Maybe save Corey Bohorka as the punter came ready to play. So they have it, a punter. They have Congratulations. A punter. <laughs> yeah, but it's it is Peter. It's just hard to explain. How do you have a lack of energy to start off the season? You know, I, I know you're not kicking it off inside the Superdome or at Lambeau Field, but it's kind of got to get up for these big games week one because that's you're setting the tone for the rest of the year. It does feel like if the game had been in the Superdome and obviously they couldn't play it there for for myriad reasons and and a lot of things that they still need to get um, settled. A lot of people still dealing with a lot of adversity in the Gulf Coast. But it does seem like if they had done that, maybe the outcome would have been different. That, that, you know, they talked about last year going on the road in stadiums where there were fans. Even that was better than playing at home in an empty stadium because you could feel the energy. I just wonder if that, if that might've played a role. I also, I also wonder about this, Lily, tell me what you think about this. This is a team that embraced the idea of the last dance and whether or not this is Aaron Rodgers or Devonte Adams last season, we don't know yet. And, and maybe they don't know or whatever, but they all think, and I think rightly so that they're a Super Bowl team, that they're a team that can and should win the Super Bowl. The first game can't win the Super Bowl in the first game. And, and so what are they? I mean, they haven't won anything yet, but back-to-back NFC championship games, they know that the games that really matter are the ones in November, December, January. I mean, could it be that they just were like, they, 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 they wanted it a little less because they understand that this game is just not as meaningful as the games they're playing for December, January. And they didn't realize, oh, the Saints are really good, actually. And if we don't, if we don't take that seriously, we're just going to get our asses kicked, which they did. Right. Because obviously, you know, even talking about baseball, because we're in the height of baseball season, you don't want to be like, you don't want to be playing your best baseball early in the year. In the early in the year, you want to be playing it in October. Same with Packers, obviously. Like you want to ramp up as the season goes along and you want to get better and better mid to late in the season. So I get your point. Obviously, you know, you're like, eh. You know, even if we lose week one, it's not a big deal because there's still 16 more games and go. And, you know, this team that that's a good idea. I just wonder if, uh, if, if sort of subconsciously right. that was in their minds. Right. But it's it's kind of on that tone, though. It's like at least show some effort, put up a touchdown. And then you could say, well, you know, we just week one. It's OK. Like, we'll be fine. But at least show some effort. There was really no fight in the first half. It just was, you know, three points, two offensive possessions that were long, you know, side of that last one that led to a field goal. It just really was no energy, really not a lot of effort to put up points. And that was, I guess, the disappointing part of it. But I do get your point of, you know, it's just one game of 17. I, I, you know what? I, I, I think that is a reasonable explanation for all of this. I don't know if it's a good one. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that excuses what they did, uh, but I do think that it could help explain it a little bit. As we, as we try and figure out what is, what is next for them and, and how they get this all back on track. I think for me, the defensive part of this is more concerning because they looked like they did not know where to be. Uh, they did not, and and not even just a scheme problem. Guys didn't get off blocks. Guys up front weren't winning their matchups in the run game. Guys weren't finishing tackles. They looked slow. And this is not a slow defense. So what is your confidence level in this coaching staff right now, new defensive coordinator, to get this all figured out? 
Well, I, I will say Matt LaFleur said yesterday, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> oh, I just swallowed wrong. Matt LaFleur said he had a great conversation with the defensive staff as they looked at the film, right? They said, we're going to be better for it. We'll see if those words hold true in week two, because when you look, like you mentioned, Peter, it's just, they weren't winning up front. We were talking about how good this defensive front could be. Weren't winning. I mean, the Saints were just running all over them. Secondary, you know, let's just, we don't even have to talk about that. It was not good in the secondary either. It really wasn't. Well, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. And you have to feel bad because it's, you know, all eyes are on Joe Barry. It's new defensive coordinator. What can you bring to this defense? And honestly, they didn't look much different than what Mike Pett was putting out there on the field. So you kind of have to wonder, all right, you bring in a new guy. It's, you know, you're refreshed. We, it's a new season. This defense is motivated. And this is the performance that they have. It's, it's discouraging to say the least. Yeah, it's like the old camp song, second verse, same as the first, a little bit louder and a little bit worse. That's sort of how it felt uh, with this defense on Sunday. That leads me to a question that we talked about yesterday to open the show. <laughs> Help me out on this one, Lily. Okay. Why is Kevin King? Oh, <laughs> listen, I, I love Kevin as as a um, person. I, I And I know he's a good player. It's just... I don't know. It's, it is just tough to see when he's like 20 yards from the receiver and the guy's left wide open. It's, it is tough to see him getting turned around on these routes. I know he's a good player. I know the health has not been on his side the last couple of years, but you know, that's no excuse. Cause you know, you're, you're an NFL player. You're getting paid big bucks to, to make big plays. And unfortunately and it's not his fault. He's been hurt. Let's let's like be hundred percent clear about that. Like it, that is not his fault. These guys work so hard on their bodies. He is not a guy who's ever been out of shape or had any issues like that. He's just been really unlucky. So it is a little unfair of me to, to phrase it like that. I understand, but. But yeah, but still in this far in his career, you would like to see some sort of improvement in that area. And that just hasn't happened. I know a lot of people just want to see more Eric Stokes and rightfully so he can play a lot of snaps and maybe it's I'm time. One of those people. You are yeah, one of those people. I'm like maybe it's time to get the rookies some more snaps. And and I know, you know, Kevin and Eric are competing for those those snaps on that side of the football. And, you know, if Kevin doesn't step it up in that regard, it's the rookie could take his job. So you want to see him make improvements because I feel like every game everyone's like, Oh, what's Kevin King gonna do? And and you're hoping it's gonna be a good pass breakup or a pick or whatever, but we'll just have to see as week two rolls around because you know, week one obviously wasn't good on his end. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I phrased it a little jokingly, you know, Kevin is a beloved player in the locker room. Um, the, the other guys love him. Um, he is by all accounts, a, a leader in the community, a lot like Hawkland Dix, just like guys liked him. Uh, he, he was good for to, as a, as a community team member, but on the field, there are issues. And we just have to be honest about those issues. We don't talk about players on this show and have never talked on the, on, about players on this show in a personal way. It is never personal. We are talking about on the field only. I, I I feel like I need to make that clear just because there are people that are going to want to twist the words just because that's how the internet works. If you are looking at a place on this defense, a player on this defense who can light the spark a little bit and say, okay, if this guy gets it going a little bit, if this guy cranks it up a little bit, because I don't, I don't know that anyone played particularly well on defense on Sunday. If this guy gets it going, that could be the spark that this team needs to hit their stride because they started slow last year too. And then second half, they really started to play some good football down the stretch. Oh, that's a good question too. Cause yeah, like you mentioned, not, there was not a lot of good play, but I will say maybe Preston Smith. I mean, he, he came out hot in week one. And I think this is a guy that, you know, obviously we saw what the Smith brothers did in their first year. He had a dip in production in a big way last year. So his contract is very incentive driven, but mm -hmm. 
I do feel like if Preston can get things going, if they can get pressure on the quarterback, that's just going to make things a lot easier defensively for this team because we've talked about it all season long last year. It was where's the pressure on the quarterback because Jameis Winston at one point at all time, he could do some laundry, he could make some dinner. He's <laughs> not even close to being touched. So I feel like a guy like Preston Smith, if he can get things going up front for this team, then that can you know really roll down and, and make things better for everybody, for everybody else. Yeah, maybe crab legs on the menu for James Winston. Um, offensively, I, I'm thinking the same thing because I'm I'm looking at this game on on Sunday, going, "Where's Big Bob? Where's Randall Cobb? Where's Alan Lazard? Where's Amari Rogers?" It was a lot of Devonte Adams, and when they did run it, you know, AJ Dillon had some nice plays, but it was like, who other than Adams is going to step up here? We saw those guys at various points make plays last year. We didn't see any of it. So where where do you think, you know, those guys, where where can that spark come from offensively? I think just getting everybody involved, right? I, I think I was as, as surprised as you that, you know, granted, we only saw them twice, technically, in the first half. So not yeah. a lot, of, you know, not a lot of reps if you're going three and out. But I, I just feel like when you have a guy like Amari, if you have, you bring in a guy like Randall Cobb, you know what you have in a Lazard and Tanya, it's, why aren't they being utilized offensively? I know there was one nice play to, to um, Big Dog, but outside of that, right. it, there wasn't any sort of like, we, we saw the jet sweeps, you know, all that stuff, the end rounds with this team last year. And there's really none of that. It just was the guys are just chilling on the sidelines and you're like, get them in, get some plays with them. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody incorporated in that sense in week two, um, because we, we know what Devontae Adams can do, but when you're going to triple team a guy like that, it's Wilson step up and, you know, there wasn't really a lot of uh, answers there week one. Yeah, if they're going to devote that much attention to Devontae Adams, it has to open stuff up for for other people. And, and unfortunately, the Packers just were not able to take advantage of it. The Detroit Lions come to Lambeau Field on Monday. This is an interesting thing, Lily, because under normal circumstances, I would just be like, yeah, the Packers can mostly just show up and win this game. But we just saw on Sunday, they they mostly didn't show up. I mean, they were barely there. They were physically there, but they were not mentally there. This is a game where you have to come out and and kick some ass because if you look sluggish in this game, now it's really going to start. The, the questions and the conversations and the media narratives, hashtag narratives, they're, they're going to come out here. So what do you need to see from them on Monday? I keep saying on Sunday, it's a Monday night game against the Lions. I think just a complete reversal of what we saw week one. It's a come out with energy because you're opening <laughs> the opposite. Up your, the opposite of everything. Right? <laughs> you're opening up the season at home at Lambeau in front of fans. It'll be packed. It's going to be a prime time game. The only game going on Monday night, obviously. So it's all eyeballs are going to be on this game. And considering how Monday night football went between the Raiders and the Ravens, I mean, there's high expectations with this game between the Packers and Lions, right? Um, but then when you and Eli will be watching. Yeah, that's going to be fun as well. I think for us as, as people who, I mean, I don't know if you're going to be there or not, Peter, but I will not be. So it'll be fun to watch the broadcast. But, you know, the Lions are now an interesting team with Jared Goff because they, I mean, they were dead in the water against the Niners. And then all of a sudden, you know, yep. light flipped and they're like, oh, we can put some points on the board. And they almost won or at least tied the thing. So this is not a game where the Packers can, again, show up and be like, oh, we're going to win and be complacent. Like, they're going to have to actually play well because the Lions have played them tough the last couple of years. Um, but I look at this game as, as a big bounce back game for this team because if they can't – if Rodgers can't throw three touchdowns plus, then I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, 
you know, another waste of a year, but it's week two, but they got to come out big. Yeah. And, and Jeff Okuda, unfortunately going to be out the season with that Achilles injury. I mean, they're going to have, you know, future footlocker managers playing corner, but that was the case for the saints too. And the Packers couldn't take advantage of it. I think they're in this very weird place where they don't really have the high end receiver talent to search mismatches out. Like in the NBA where it's like, okay, that guy can't defend. We're going to hunt him. They do a better job of just getting their guys open. And that's something that, that we talked about here to open the show. So uh, I'm excited to see what they come out with. I hope it looks more like just from an approach standpoint, what we saw last year, obviously execution, if it's like what we saw last year, they're going to win and they're going to win going away. So hopefully we have much more fun conversations to be had next week. Lily, thank you for coming on as always. Thanks, Peter. All right. I want to thank Lily Zhao for joining the show. Awesome to talk to her as always. She'll be back next week, of course. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for that other stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to find everything together. Finally. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. I'm telling you, it is such a hassle to have to flip back and forth. Oh, is this on? No, no, it's on. Where's the remote for this? That is a pain. No more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, makers of the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's something that I have all the time. All the time, I have it in the morning sometimes as a breakfast replacement. If I don't have time, I have a toddler. I don't always have time to make myself food. I have it in the afternoon sometimes when I didn't have time to have very much for lunch. We are all busy and we all still want to have something that tastes delicious and is good for us. And that's the great thing about Built Bar. Not only do they taste great, they're high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, and low in Sugar. Right now, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off on your order at Built.com. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And betting on the Packers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. It is our crossover Thursday already. It is already time to talk to our friend Matt Derry from Locked On Lions to get a feel for where this team is, uh, what to make of the comeback that they just had against the San Francisco 49ers, a rousing comeback. Uh, If you're a Lions fan, maybe an A-rousing comeback. Uh, And uh, we'll, we'll get a lot more insight from Matt about this team. Friday, we will be live. We will be taking your questions we will be doing all of that fun stuff. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Subscribe to The Leap at theleap.substack.com. I have a piece out. Um, my piece yesterday was on Aaron Rodgers talking about his interceptions, what happened, what went wrong. We break them down in a little bit more in depth. He gives his thoughts on how that all went down. Go ahead and subscribe. That post, of course, is for subscribers only. That's what we do. Um, And subscribe at YouTube. That is free. 
Our podcast is free. The, the videos are free. Go to uh, our, our Locked on Packers YouTube and subscribe there. And of course, follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.